Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the Believe in Overwatch League Podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. We are Matt and Kevin, and each week we're bringing you news about gaming, pop culture, and of course, Overwatch. This week we covered the kickoff clash, France, and updates on Overwatch 2. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Overwatch episode of this week's Believe in Overwatch League um, podcast. Why was that so hard for me to say? Um, uh, you, you would think that after a certain amount of times, we just have it down. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's sometimes, you know, it just doesn't. It does doesn't. like. <laughs> sometimes uh, it just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't, bro. <laughs> I think we're both just tired, tired adults. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you're I you're probably more tired than I am, just considering what your your last couple of weeks have been. Yeah, and and now having to, you know, not I wouldn't say babysit, but like having to, you know, be constantly engaged esports wise with like nine students, like just summer camp kids. Um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's definitely a lot. How many kids are you dealing with? Uh, nine. That seems like a handful. Uh, it is, and I have lucky for me. I do have another like the. There's one person who's like the lead teacher, and I'm just there to like assist on certain things. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping that we can like get to a point where we can just figure out like what things we should be focusing on for each student, and then kind of kind of roll from there. But uh, definitely an interesting uh, an interesting idea and you know concept in general for an esports camp mm-hmm. uh the 12 hour thing really pretty brutal though <laughs> yeah what games do they like playing mostly so so far um a lot of our students are actually really into valorant um we have been uh training and testing them on a couple things um and i've had uh you know <sighs> I've had some students, you know, show up and they're like, I'm the best one here. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's humble them a second. So, <laughs> uh, me and the, uh, me and the other teacher are like, okay, we'll, we'll see if you're, if you could back up what you said here. And, uh, they, they couldn't. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's like when, when somebody gets overexcited and like, you know, in, in mini hoops and then you're just like, Hmm gotta do it to them you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's cool because like some of them are like this is their first time playing in fps they're still learning how to use you know a mouse and keyboard sometimes that's like something that you know we as like as pc players take advantage of like we're just used to like finger placement for was um but like after that it just becomes like how do you like how do you use that for other games as well and and that's always important um and like you know it it eventually helps with typing and whatnot but um yeah it's just interesting to like teach them mechanics and like certain tips and tricks moving forward you know mm-hmm. what um what are you enjoying most about the uh the summer camp so far and what are you finding the most challenging besides the 12 hour day um i would have to say like the 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 most fun part is like i essentially get 
paid to play Valorant for like majority of the day. Uh I not only do I have to like play in their games for like note taking sake, but also like just playing the game and enjoying, you know, esports and continuing the love of esports um to to the next generation, right? Um I guess the the worst part I would say it's the most challenging, the most difficult part I would have to say is like structured curriculum. Um, we have a little bit where we have to like teach them coding and stuff like that. And that's pretty self-explanatory, but like when it comes down to like certain games, there will be a time when like we will run across probably a student who either knows more than us or wants to learn something that like we can't necessarily help with just because like, we might not have the expertise in it. Um, but the main idea is to just like expose them to a bunch of different games and then be like, okay, which one do you like? And which one would you continue to keep playing if you enjoy it? You know, um, I feel like that's the most like, it's the most difficult part because like it's per student, um, it's per camper, um, what they like. But at the same time, it's like, it's really fulfilling in a way of like knowing that, I'm still spreading the joy of esports uh, to the next generation, and and they're they're having fun with it. What's been like the response, like the direct response from the kids? Um, most of them are are pretty good. It's just, you know, it, I don't know how else to say this, but like internet culture really gets to these kids, and sometimes it's like it's terrible, and like we have to. You know, we have to we have, we have to tell them to like that's not that's not right uh don't that's not a joke or anything you know like sometimes you have to like you know tell them certain things but yeah like that that's the hardest part it's like knowing that you know oh they're just kids they're gonna say stupid things but like at the same time it's like you have to tell them what they're doing wrong or else they're going to be the problem later down the line. Like Mm -hmm. my action now, like educating them on like, we're like not calling out anybody in particular, but one of my students said like, Oh, I hope we don't have e-girls in our game. And I'm like, "Mm, buddy. Um, So I took, like, I didn't take them to like a side. I'm like, Hey, that, that comment, why do you think that girls can't play esports? And they're like, well, they're just never in my lobby. And they're, they're never like, you know, and whenever I have them, I always lose the game. And I'm like, okay, so what if I told you that there's an entire team made of female esports players? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, all right, uh, Cloud Nine White. And I'm like, this team is all female. Um, and this team right here has won multiple like tournaments and are really, really good. And they're like, what do you mean? And so, like, I sat him down and we watched the whole match. Like, we just watched an entire match. I'm like, this is female gamers. And he's like, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now you know, like, somebody's gender doesn't mean that they're bad, you know, at esports or at yeah. any game. And so, like, he's like, well, but they'll never play with boys, right? And I'm like, hmm, buddy. And so I, <laughs> I called up, I actually asked my friend so Kairos um he's like a, I went to college with him um he played on the Overwatch team he kind of coached me uh here and there I hang out with him on occasion um he said like yo 
<laughs> like I hit him up. I'm like, hey, do you have your roster for your team? And he plays for Metro now for Valorant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I brought that up is because his team is a mixed team. Um, it has, you know, girls and guys on the team and they all play really well. Um, and, you know, that's that whole mentality that I, I was mentioning. It's like sometimes the best team doesn't necessarily have to be one gender. You, This is one of the very few competitive sports where, you know, gender doesn't matter. Like you can be the best player regardless. And it's, you know, it's just a matter of grinding and creating the best team. Um, and yeah i was like hey if you want to take a shot at you know their female you know talent i might be able to get you that and he's like no i i, I believe you <laughs> like, <laughs> oh like, all right cool so yeah don't don't put people down it makes them feel bad and he's like okay so <laughs> always like reminding them of like you cannot just say like certain things there's a lot of like repercussions later down the line and i don't want to like I don't want to be the guy who let that go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to make sure to, like, educate them about those certain things. And, you know, clean up the culture. One toxic player at the age of 12 to 14 at a time. <laughs> so am I Am I correct then in assuming that there are no girls in this club? Or not this club, oh, this camp? Oh, my. No, there are no girls in this camp, yes. Um, but it's not by, you know... It's not that we excluded them. They no, just it's just that they didn't up, sign up. Right? Yeah. Right? And so, like, I would love to have a female camper. I would love to have one that, like, not only breaks the mold, but also, like, plays, you know, competitively with with the guys or, like, is willing to learn um, and, you know, bring that inclusion. Like, some of my best friends were from the Overwatch team, and, you know, we had a mixed team. We mm-hmm. that That group is like super tight knit now. So I, I'm yeah. really, I really do hope that people just don't say esports and just like be like, okay, let's just sign our, let's sign our boys up for a video game camp or whatever. And then like, I do hope that there is a camper who wants to try, you know, esports and I would be a hundred percent down to like, to teach them and enjoy like whatever game they happen to want to try and continue to play, you know? Mm hmm. I feel like a, a, a one way that you might be able to do that is maybe get some of the um, or maybe either call in a couple of favors or get some of the uh, the female gamers that, you know, to come and maybe do like a guest lecture for the camp for a day or something. Yeah. The the weird thing about it, though, is like the camp is so campers could sign up for either one week or two weeks. And mm-hmm. if they're if you're a two week camper, right, you have enough space for two weeks so like if i do teach something in the first week they they already know it by the second week um so it's interesting to like keep that in mind but i also do want to like i wish i could call in some favors and just be like hey this is uh this is x y or z like they're they're good Mm. like (laughs) um and it, it would be it would be a really good experience for not only them but like just for like anybody in general to just understand like it's esports is one of the most inclusive like competitive sports that we have and yeah there's honestly no argument against it like they're like basketball you know football baseball they're all you know one gender right now and that's the only thing that unfortunately we we see on 
you know, mainstream television, but we should be celebrating like teams that are the best if they are, you know, not, not just mixed for the sake of being, you know, uh, you know, across genders, but like also having like, you know, it's just the camaraderie with esports that's, that's really important here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that brings up something that, uh, I mean, I was asking you if you knew who Trisha, Trisha, oh, Trisha Sugita is, um, she owns the, uh, esports organization FlyQuest and like, because I, I know this because Finding Founders just did an interview with her and I'm hoping maybe I can try to get her on this show and we could do an interview with her probably hopefully August, July, August, maybe when, when life comes down for us a little bit. Um, but she said like back in the day, she has older brothers who are like um, s- several years older than her. Um, and like she, while she could never really compete with them in physical sports, she would always own them in esports, And that, that ability for her to compete and do better than her brothers who are physically stronger and better than her, like helped her develop a passion for gaming, which is how she um, now has an, her own esports org. So we need more female gamers. This is the, is the long and short of it. All right. So moving into the overwatch stuff of the week, um, this isn't like consequential or anything. This is just something that I thought was funny, but um, Kevin, if you could describe overwatch in one sentence, um, how would you do it? Okay, so like, is this like a marketing thing, or is it? Are we trying to sell the game, or are we just saying like, honest? Well, like, for for now, for now, at first, just you're just describing the game to someone um, who doesn't know what it is in one sentence. Okay, it it is a six on six first person shooter that is that requires teamwork in order to capture objectives and or push objectives. (laughs) Okay, now describe it in one sentence in the worst way possible. Like, it's the worst description, Uh, like, poorest description you can. Okay, um... So, have you ever, like, had a seizure at a disco? Uh... (coughs) (laughs) Uh, no um honestly it's more of like a how it, the worst way to describe it is i have no idea what i'm looking at i just kind of feel the game uh-huh yeah okay okay so the reason i bring this up is because i saw a tweet from liz richardson that was retweeting bogged fern gaming and it was Describe Overwatch in one sentence in the worst way possible. NBC News will start. So this is from a, I I don't know what article this is from, but this is from an article from NBC News. A year ago, Murray wouldn't have dreamed that his son could get money for college by playing Overwatch, a kind of digital Dungeons and Dragons with laser battles. Uh, (laughs) That is so far from the truth. Uh, a kind of digital Dungeons and Dragons digital? with laser battles. With, oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. That hold is on, just hold on, hold on. not Overwatch at all. 
Like, was he watching during like Goat's meta or something? Like the mid. I don't even know what meta you had to watch to like try to get lasers. Cause like, let me see if I can find the I actual article. Like, Cause it's like, I guess Echo or you know Symmetra with the with the lasers, but still, it's just like. Oh, here it is. That was from 2019. It was about the esports boom um, in high schools and how high schoolers were um, getting college scholarships and getting um, money to join the varsity teams at um, colleges. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's what that article was about. But um, be interesting to see how, how much this person actually knows about gaming and Overwatch because it clearly they do not know anything. It's not at all. Dungeon. There's no rolling of dice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's the where's the dice part of it? Where's the where's the roll oh, for initiative? Roll a... Yeah, roll... <laughs> I would no, love to make a, a very... saving throw before I die. Yeah. Um. Could I could I use inspire here? <laughs> can I? <laughs> Hi, can I, I would like my to... Reinhardt character sheet. Yeah. Can I get a? <laughs> can I get a? Uh you know perception check real quick i, I want to see if they they see my um my high noon coming <laughs> if you lose a tournament you can blame it on your dice just yeah. buy new dice yeah just you know 20s only <laughs> okay so um some actual overwatch news um the new beta is coming in and with the new beta comes some new updates to characters um blizzard in uh a blog post updated well not updated but they um they shared their uh their strategy and what they were looking at in changing moira specifically um so there are three iterations of moira that they've been toying around with the first one that isn't going through um was called pain converter um what this one would do was kind of like it was a damage reduction that would allow moira to heal herself while at the same time also using her biotic grasp to heal other players this was not um continued to be developed because it was too similar to other abilities in the game like it seemed very similar especially to baptiste's immortality field so with that in mind they felt like this is not something that needs to be done and besides moira already has a fairly full kit as it is so adding another ability to her didn't seem like the best move um the next one was kind of a double ability or two different abilities it was called purge and nullify um and they were bound to the damage biotic orb um the purge ability would have removed buffs from characters the problem was it's like what buffs are removed and like in cases where a buff isn't necessarily the most obvious thing, is it removed there? So for example, like soldier 76's run would be removed if he was hit with this ability or like dragon blade gives Genji a small movement buff. Would that buff be removed? Even though people don't necessarily really know about it. Um, the nullify ability was kind of a, a counter or, um, a replacement for purge it negated some damage reduction damage boosts and movement speed while it was active so for example it could suppress like the effects of nano boost for a couple seconds um the problem is is like the team 
felt that this wasn't a very intuitive ability. Like no one really understood it that well. No one knew how to use it. No one knew whether or not like it was actually, um, if it should apply to certain abilities or not. So it was just way too complicated and they decided to not use it. Um, the third ability or iteration for Moira that they're currently working on right now is called weaken. So this ability, according to the blog, is like this ability begins charging when reload is pressed once. And so Moira is going to build up a charge of energy in her hand. After the weaken is charged, she can fire a small projectile, kind of similar to um, sleep dart or nano boost, that will significantly lower attack and healing output of their target character. She can choose when to fire this projectile. She can like so she can hold on to it. Um, for as long as she wants the only problem is she can't use any of her primary or secondary fire while she's charging it um so that's what moira's kind of being worked on for now um then that's not to say those previous abilities are not going to come to fruition later down the line like in in this blog post they looked at the initial um, concept for Anna. So Anna was initially called the Alchemist, and initially when they conceived her character, she was going to run around the map throwing potions at people and having a self-healing grenade launcher, or having a grenade launcher. Um, they changed it so that her potions became her biotic grenade and that her primary fire was changed to her um, healing rifle, and then they eventually moved that... Um, healing grenade launcher to baptiste so eventually we may see similar versions of these abilities included in the game but for now they are toying with another ability for moira yeah some of those ideas are are really interesting because like we've seen them in mobas before where like you can purge or like steal an ability um, but at the same time it's like it would be kind of busted if like you you hear the genji nanoblade and then you're just like yeah you can't you can't go up walls real quick <laughs> also you lose your nano this is mine like yeah. you'd just be like uh that's a, that's just a little too strong you know right right um and i think moira already is a very strong healer so i mean she's not used nearly as um as often right now as the Ana or the Lucio, but interesting to think what they're they're trying to do for Overwatch too. Does this mean that like a lot of heroes are just gonna have a like? Are they going to add abilities and passives to a lot of these characters? Is this the trend that's going to be happening throughout the different betas? Like they're going to be introducing new ability. Like, I mean, like. They've changed some things, especially with the tanks. Like now Ryan uh, has two charges for his fire strike and he can be um, maneuvered a bit more. And like Winston has a, his secondary fire now. But I feel like this is a more drastic overhaul than that because this is inherently changing the way that the hero is played. Yeah, it is a lot to like take in. And I don't think that it's like... I. I do think that the ideas are okay. It's definitely going to take a lot of testing, but I do think it should go to another hero rather than to Moira, who's kind of already flushed out as a character. So more news about the beta. Kevin, take it away. 
Oh yeah. Um, if you ended up playing the closed beta, um, we ended up getting an email from them. Uh, a couple of my friends posted it. I don't know if I got one. Um, uh, I'm just kind of lazy and I probably didn't check. But, um, yeah. Uh, it's a quick little overview. It's it, it thanked the players for, um, participating in the five v five beta. It also gave them a little bit of like stats. Um, some of them were like how how long you took uh, pushing the payload or um, pushing the the robot in push mode, um, like your most played hero, um, and other little things, other fun little stats like um, final death blow ratio, total healing, total damage taken, um, and total elims um, during your beta run. So. Uh, if you did play in the beta, um, check your email. Uh, there might be something there. Um, but for the most part, you really don't have to, you don't have to worry about it too much. Um, but yeah, it's just a fun little like thing that they're giving out. Um, I really do wish that instead of, you know, an email about stats, they just gave us Overwatch 2, but you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? <laughs> Just give us Overwatch two already. Hey, hey, just give us give us that uh give us that Rio de Janeiro map. You know what I mean the 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 one that uh was there in twenty nineteen. I, uh, I I have no idea why this is not live yet. Like there's 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 literally no reason why they haven't pushed it live. Like it 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 already exists. It's playable. Like, even if you just gave it to PC players, yeah, that would suck for console players, but, like, at least we would see it and that we'd know it's playable. Like, you're you're building up such an expectation for the um the PvE mode, and it, it's clear that, like, a lot of time and development has gone into that, especially now that they are, like, splitting it off because development for that is taking so long. But, like no one cares anymore you need to give them a reason to care and if we if we play the rio de janeiro mode that everyone at at blizzcon back then seemed to really love and that everyone gets their hands on it like that is a reason for people to come back and like actually anticipate the game more and care about updates like it really seems like this current blizzard team doesn't know how to get people invested or excited in this new game Yeah, I I feel like they, I I don't want to say they dropped the ball, but like for us waiting three years, it felt really underwhelming. And I wish that we got more out of it. It's just a personal thing of mine. And uh, I don't know. I, I liked what they were pitching. I would just much rather have it be like a full game, you know, just... Mm-hmm. I understand there was a whole bunch of other things happening, um, but at the same time, like, what are what were you doing for three years? <laughs> yeah, they were updating the sound for three years. That's what they were doing, and like, they're teasing that when this game does come live, they're gonna have like updates all the time, and they're gonna continue to keep the game feeling fresh. But just with the way that they've handled Overwatch 1 and the way they've handled this development, I am very wary that they're actually going to do what they promised. I don't know if it's going to be like 
any good, even if they do do it, which I feel like they're going to maybe for a year or two have decent updates, but then it's just going to fall off. Yeah, I, I really do hope that, like, they give us something that we can, like, some something that makes us want to come back to Overwatch besides just being like, we redid the graphics um, and the sound. Welcome back. Uh, no, we, we need something that's, like, physical. Not just, you know, Sojourn was cool and all, but, like, we would we would need like drunker queen and maga or something uh-huh. like that we would need like a you would have to start overwatch 2 with a bang and then you would also have to like you know entice the players to come back cuz like you have to maintain that bang yeah and we're we're also like we still don't know what happened like with blizzard in terms of the lawsuit it, <laughs> no, there's no God. like there's no final bit to that so we're just kind of sitting here like do we even give you money for this expansion do we mm-hmm. even care mm-hmm. um and yeah we'll definitely have to take a peek later down the line we'll see if that happens yeah all right so moving on to the kickoff clash tournament um so the stakes here were that the west championship would be for seventy five thousand dollars for the winner um fifty thousand for the second place team and the third place team gets forty thousand, or the third place team gets forty thousand. Fourth place team gets thirty thousand. Fifth and sixth get fifteen thousand each. Um, the East Championships get fifty thousand dollars. Second place thirty five, and third place is twenty thousand. Not sure about the disparity in money there. It seems like the team should be getting uh, equal pay for their winnings. Maybe it's because it's a smaller region, so it's less to play. I don't know. Um, each team that qualified in the kickoff clash would receive one additional league point. Um, the second place team would receive two more league points and the tournament champions would receive three more league points. And these league points would go to their standings for the final tournament at the end of the year where there's going to be significantly more money. Um, now, the the issue is, is that like, in spite of this kind of being a big tournament for overwatch especially because it's like the first one that was going to be in person it's the first one of the year it's the first tournament with overwatch 2 this was kind of a an important moment for them uh at the peak there were only 121,000 viewers of the um of the tournament and the nyxl versus the la gladiators was the most popular watched match Hmm. Yeah, it just seems like that's I mean that that seems correct, but like at the same time like I don't know how crazy uh the the matches got, but yeah, it it, it feels weird how like the the prize pools are slightly different, but I do understand like less teams maybe. Once again, it it just feel it's just kind of a weird thing for me. Mm-hmm. And honestly like this is an improvement in viewership over last year i believe last year uh, around this i think the may melee's tournament was um 113,467 peak viewers um but still this is significantly less than blizzard would want watching their event um 
and I know this doesn't count the people that were there in person, which may have been a lot, but I don't think it was enough to like that. That clearly would not have been enough to push these numbers over to a level that would be cause for celebration for the Overwatch League and for Blizzard. Um, they're, they're just, I, I can't think of a way to make people care about the Overwatch League again, besides like actually sharing content that is new and exciting. Um, but Blizzard's not doing that, and I don't think that they will. I don't know if they actually care anymore about this. Yeah, I, I do agree as well. I feel like Blizzard has the right ideas of like what they want to try to do, but at the same time, like if you don't have results, people will not care. Yeah. And we're we're all waiting on those. We're we've been waiting on those results for a long time now. So <laughs> um yeah. We I I have zero faith that we're gonna return back to something that like a bunch of players from Overwatch are gonna come back and be like, "Yep, this is the game I remember. This is exactly what I w- I've been looking for." Thank you, uh, thank you, Blizzard. Uh, I I honestly think that it's gonna be like a really slow, um, a really slow thing overall. And I hope that you know we can get to a point where we could celebrate Overwatch once again. Yeah. So let's go over the results. So round one for the West region. Um, the San Francisco Shock beat the Justice 3-2. The Atlanta Reign beat the Mayhem 3-1. The Gladiators beat the Outlaws 3-0. Um, and the Fuel beat the Toronto Defiant 3-0. Um, so in the loser's bracket from there, the Florida Mayhem knocked out the Washington Justice 3-1. And the Outlaws knocked out the Defiant 3-1. So... Round two, winner's bracket. The Atlanta Reign beat the Shock 3-1, and the Gladiators beat the Fuel 3-1. Moving into the loser's bracket from there, the uh, Dallas Fuel knocked out the Florida Mayhem 3-1, and the Shock beat the Outlaws 3-1. There's a lot of mirroring of numbers going on throughout, I guess, both regions. Um, Winner's bracket, round three. The Gladiators beat the Reign 3-0. And the Fuel beat the Shock 3-0. to zero. Um, Moving from that loser's bracket, the Fuel beat the Rain 3-1. to one. And then we move into the finals, which was the Gladiators beating the Fuel 4-0. to zero. Um, Watching that final matchup with the Gladiators and the Fuel, um, it's, the, the Gladiators are just such an aggressive team that... It was just, it was kind of a, a no question from the beginning. Like the fuel didn't really even feel like they were putting up a fight. Um, it was an absolute steamroll, and as was evidenced by the four to zero win that the gladiators had. Um, the, the gladiators just had, I think, more aggressive comps. Like for example, when the uh, the fuel are running Azaria, the glads are running a Reinhardt. So by like by default if they want to win they're playing a more aggressive style because the the rhine doesn't really have as much range you have to use the rhine to take up the space whereas the zarya can kind of um bubble from the back line and then just plunk away with her um energy glob laser ball things 
that she throws out her secondary fire, the Reinhardt has to like be aggressive and take space. And I feel like um, with all the comps, like they did a Reinhardt comp, they did a Doomfist comp, um, they went a Winston comp, whereas the the fuel are primarily running the Zarya. Um, it's they're they're just playing at a higher pace. They're, I mean, if you want to watch a steamroll, you can watch th- this tournament, but it didn't feel like a championship match. It felt like this was a warm up for the gladiators. Yeah, and sometimes it does feel like that, where like you just have like teams that just roll so quickly that they're just confident in whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And if this happened to be one of those matches, you know, uh, where you just run into an unfortunate like circumstance and you know that you can't you can't win. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that I want to mention, you know, once again, uh, it it is the meme that the uh, the Atlanta Rain have knocked out the San Francisco Shock down to losers bracket, and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna do the thing again." And then I'm like, "Uh oh, no, never mind." <laughs> yeah, uh, history sometimes it's a different repeats team. itself. It's a different team, so they don't have the same magic. Very um, different squads this time yeah. around. Yeah, and something about the fuel that I, I noticed is that the way that the fuel play, um, they can get a better defense and offense once they have ultimates and are able to kind of rotate them effectively. The problem is, is that they weren't really doing that. And that that was their entire strategy is just to ult and win, ult and win, ult and win. Um, If they were denied that by the gladiators, which they often were, um, they took out sparkle a lot. They denied fielder the ability to really use the Ana. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you kind of you're kind of left without anything to to really play with and the the fuel weren't able to really adapt at all so it was an easy $75,000 for the LA Gladiators which i believe this is their first tournament win in history i think i want to say yeah it it's just it's really nice that they had that too going for them um i I'm happy for them. I'm glad that they won. Um, and yeah, it's it's one of those times where like they they know that they could get aggressive, they could get away with a lot. So, um, yeah, I I I was overall like impressed by what I saw. They just had a lot of pressure moving forward, and they really didn't let their foot off the gas at any point. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to the Eastern bracket, the APAC region. Um, the Philly Fusion won three to one against the Spark. The Seoul Dynasty lost three to two, but from the Shanghai Dragons. Um, and in the losers bracket, the Seoul Dynasty knocked out the Spark three to zero. Moving on to round two, the winners bracket, the Fusion knocked out the Dragons three to zero. And in the losers bracket, the Seoul Dynasty knocked out the Dragons three to two. Um, and then in the finals, it was another four zero. The Soul Dynasty went from the losers bracket, ran all the way up to the top, and got, I believe, also their first uh, championship win, the first tournament win of their organization. So this was a big week for both of those teams. Um, the the Philly Fusion have a problem that I keep talking about, and that you keep having to like also put that perspective out there of of the high ground. 
Um, the Philly Fusion, I think, lost this tournament largely in part because they played way too passively and they stuck to the always take high ground mentality and it cost them a lot of free push and a lot of points and allowed the uh, dynasty to steamroll them. Like case in point, if you look at um, Gibraltar was a, a huge evidence of this. Like when the dynasty are attacking, the uh, the fusion are stuck on the high ground and they're just staying there while the, f- uh, while, while the dynasty are just pushing through, they go underneath the tunnel out of the car wash. And like, by that time, the cart's been pushed. The Philly fusion are all killed off by the very aggressive soul dynasty. And then they get free push point B. They have a lot of the momentum. They're killing off the um, Philly fusion so that the fusion can't get a good position and it's not till the very end of that map where they're finally able to like get a hold on a corner. But even then it's, it's still too late because they have such a, um, they're having to go up against the huge time bank and momentum and just good feelings that the dynasty have been building up through this entire tournament. And when you watch how the dynasty play that same match, they're contesting the point from the very beginning. They're not giving any free, um, any free push, any free meterage away, they are standing and they are fighting because they know that like, as long as they continue to contest and run out this time, they're going to win. The, the, the Philly fusion aren't the aggressive team that they used to be. They're not, I don't think they're championship caliber. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I feel like the, the dynasty are significantly stronger. Um, really, again, the only thing that they had was, putting zest on the Genji and hoping for a really good play with a nano blade. Um, and once you deny that, then the dynasty are pretty much walking free. The fusion have nothing to really hold up against them. Um, I think maybe part of this is because the dynasty are a team that has a lot more experience. Their players have been here for a lot longer. They're, they're not a rookie team, which isn't to say anything against a rookie team, but you've got Profit, Fit, Smurf, and Creative. Um, Vindame is, I think, the only rookie here. But against a team that's largely rookies, like Zest, Belos Rea, Fixa are all new. Carpe and Aimgod are the only like starters that have been here for a while. So um, it was kind of just a slaughter. Yeah, sometimes you just have like rolled things you you just can't recover from it and you know this is this is another good like example of like when you have experience especially in like the later parts of the game um, or like the later parts of the match itself it's really important um, moving forward in in the rest of the game so I hope that I hope we see more of this uh, later down the line and I do hope that teams are expecting and are ready for this you know yeah overall like i i didn't watch most of the uh the kickoff clash i was it was a busy weekend and also like i have i, I have the tendency to not watch the the prelims unless it's like a really big upset because they don't matter as much as the final games um but i'm glad that there was at least a presence in person in texas i'm hoping that if these go well, we can get some homestands in the latter half of this season. Um, maybe 
LA Gladiators can host something. The Shock can host something. I don't know. Um, it'd be nice to see that happen. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't, again, I didn't watch a lot of this, but there was a, a thread that I found on Facebook about people complaining about how Danny Lim sucks at his job, which like, yes, we're not the, I'm not the only <laughs> one who doesn't like Danny. And people are saying like, yeah, he's very awkward. He doesn't know. He doesn't have any charisma. He doesn't know how to, um, to make people want to watch him. And I feel like that's been a criticism of the desk overall this season. It's been significantly cut down. Um, it's not really that engaging anymore. You've lost a lot of the personality that you've built and that following that you've built over the past, f- what, five seasons of this this league. So um, I honestly like, I don't know. There isn't a lot of, besides like the organized tournament format and the consistent teams, there isn't a lot about, I think the overwatch league currently that makes it feel like a legitimate, like competitive league that is officially sanctioned and sponsored and run by the parent company. Like you look at, you look at the NBA, they have their personalities that are there that are significant in the world of the sport. And they have the personality to carry it. Like you've got Charles Barkley, you've got Shaquille O'Neal shilling his, uh, what, what like hawking these products every single time, and it becomes a joke because he's always like talking about the products he's paid to promote, uh, and and the rest of the desk being just annoyed at him because he's not stopping to talk about it. But like that's part of the personality and charm of that NBA desk that the Overwatch League doesn't really have right now. Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to recover with bringing back talent or mm-hmm. like having, you know, fixing your game, quote unquote, right? It yeah. It's definitely like, it's definitely a process. And I hope that like we can get to a point where we can just appreciate what the Overwatch League can give us. But at the same time, I don't think that they can draw enough interest for us to really be like fully invested to come back. Yeah. Well, with that being said, the Overwatch League is, of course, off next week as a bit of a break in between the tournaments. So um, next week, we're not really going to have a a league section. Well, if there's Overwatch news, we're going to stick it into the news section as we normally do. Um, the next tournament is going to be called Midseason Madness, which will run um, from June into July. Um, that that schedule is up. Um, it's starting with the Florida Mayhem versus the London Spitfire, the Dallas Fuel versus the Shock, the NYXL versus the Justice, the Defiant versus the Spitfire, the Rain versus the Uprising, the Titans versus the Gladiators, Outlaws versus Justice. Paris Eternal versus the LA Gladiators, the Dallas Fuel versus the Atlanta Rain, the Toronto Defiant versus the Florida Mayhem, the Uprising versus the Shock, the NYXL versus the Paris Eternal, and the Vancouver Titans versus the Houston Outlaws. And again, that is not next week, but two weeks from now. Um, Any final updates from you, Kevin, that you wanted to talk about? Any insight about the Overwatch League? Any fun projects that you're working on currently or, or just wisdom from 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 grandmaster kanashi oh <laughs> uh, i'm i'm going to stream again 
and I'm trying Yay. to make I'm trying to make a scheduled comeback pretty soon. Um also spoiler no spoiler I have a video planned for my return. Ooh. It'll be short, but it will be funny as hell and hopefully like people will be on board and I it's because like I wanted to get through this first week of the camp um mm-hmm. and figure out like my time schedule. Um you know, being up 12 hours and then streaming immediately afterwards is probably not the greatest idea, but um we will definitely try to squeeze it in probably like right after dinner we'll probably just do like an hour or two and then i have to like sleep recharge and then go back to the grind so we'll definitely see how it goes well best of luck with that hope you have a a very triumphant return to the world of streaming and creating content Um, oh yeah I, i need to get back on that streamer schedule just a little bit but the good thing that I'm really excited for is like my weekends are mostly free too. So I don't have to like stress a hundred percent all the time. Um, and I can just like relax on the weekends, maybe get a couple streams in here and there, but um, yeah, definitely looking forward to, to coming back. Well, thanks so much everybody for tuning into our overwatch episode of the week. If you haven't already, please take a listen to our league episode um thank you all again so much for supporting us throughout this year i forgot what word i was gonna say i substituted in with year um but yeah uh thank you for supporting these tired geeky adults that we are and we love you all and we will catch you as always next week adios next week we update you on the overwatch league in the world of gaming Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Send us an email at BLEAVNOWL at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with us, you can contact the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.